Welcome to episode 18 of the Cincy Postcast. And boy, this is a fun one. We got two really good results uh, to talk about, plus so much more. Of course, we've got Orlando and New York City FC that we're going to talk about. Uh, anybody else still recovering from that New York game? That was insanity. So that's going to be part one. Part two, we're going to make sort of a grab bag. If we were Jonah on KLR, there'd be a bunch of segments here, but it's just part two for us. We got Miazga and Blackett talk. We're going to talk a little college football realignment. What? And what does that mean for MLS's Apple TV rights? And TQL Stadium has a victory song, whether you like it or not. We can discuss that and maybe get a little bit more into... uh, We touch on a little more politics. We always seem to every single week. And uh, that'll be episode 18 of your Cincy Postcast. And joining me to talk about all of that and more, or less, let's see how long this goes, uh, two beautiful faces that you can't see, but I can. Uh, One, we've got Das Harks back on the pod. Das, how are we feeling tonight? Wagwan me bread ren. (laughs) <laughs> feeling pretty good. Feeling, uh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling uh, heavy with points. That's how I'm feeling. Ooh, it feels good. It feels good. And uh, of course, joining us is the Chief War Pig. Chief, what happened to Murderer's Row? I apparently we vastly <laughs> overestimated the talent of the top half of the Eastern Division of MLS. Um, <laughs> also, I last night I don't know if I was the only one. I went from your average sports fan of refs don't win and lose games to I was ready to murder anyone wearing a whistle last night (laughs) in the span of 20 minutes. It was yeah, (laughs) like it was real hard to have that above it all take after watching that horse shit last night. (laughs) Yeah. You and Jeff Cameron and Pat Noonan. I think that is a, an incredible still image came out of that broadcast. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to redrop this take right at the top. You do not. You it you don't you just don't have to signal your virtues that oh yes we lost the game for ourselves the refs didn't lose it for us fuck that sports are not rational our guys are gods they are untouchable all right these plebeian referees have yes. no business yes. calling anything against us ever so when they do that the right reaction even if it's close even if they're right is to boo the fuck out of them because they're not us. They prohibit us, all other things being equal, from winning. So fuck them, and especially fuck them now. I mean, and really when you think about it, a referee is really just a hall monitor as an adult. Yes. (laughs) Nobody liked the hall monitor. No. You're a narc. Like, a referee is a paid narc. You're cheering for the referee. If you like the ref... I'm sorry if you're related to a referee. They are the worst people on the planet. No one should grow up watching a sporting event thinking, you know who I want to be? I want to be the guy throwing the flag that calls the playback that was really cool, that blows the whistle that stops the cool goal from getting scored. Imagine growing up and being that kid. Or imagine being a referee now and having to go back and tell yourself at age 10, you never get to be a sports star, you never get to be wealthy, you never get to be famous, you just get to ruin the good time for wealthy and famous people. <laughs> Would you be proud of that? Would you be proud of that, sir? CJ, whoever you were last night. I don't even know your name. You know why? Because you're a zero. You're a zero. You grew up to be a zero. Your friends accomplish things. Other people in your life do things that make the world better, that help to make this human species a better place to be. You, sir, you, sir, make things worse. Yes, you. 
I, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. All right, you blew your career. You think the FC Cincinnati blew the game? You blew your career. Do you really think that refereeing in MLS is a great finish for you? You're refereeing in the what? The sixth best league in soccer? <laughs> the Premier League's never going to call you, asshole. Never going to call. <laughs> oh man, I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to recut that, but I'm going to swap out referee for uh, judge. I think is how I'm going <laughs> to just. I'm going to apply that to current events. How's, how's that for some politics? Oh, dear. That's fantastic. You're just, I, I, you're just ruining the good things for everybody. Right. Um, pop, time to I do realize that what resume. I actually do for a living is is, is similar to uh, the Chiefs rant there. So I'll, I'll acknowledge my own uh, hypocrisy and say I, have a, I agree with every single word you said, even if it applies to me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, I will be the sole voice of... Uh, uh, of referee defense because I, I do want at least a handful of referees out there so that games can happen. That is sort of important uh, to the game flowing. I'm not, not really into call your own fouls uh, when it comes to this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, last night was weird. Uh, apparently telling Madunyanen when he was uh, challenging some some questionable calls, uh, basically saying, you blew it, like trying to put it back on FC Cincinnati as if their bad calls were somehow FC Cincinnati's fault, that if they hadn't lost the lead, they, they would have been given the benefit of the doubt on some offside calls. Like, I don't know what the, like, the implication is. It wasn't the implication when you say that that you blew it. It's well, you're also not defending yourself when you say that. Like if I say right. to the official, you made some some terrible calls in this game. Well, you guys didn't play well either. It's like we're not talking about that. We're right. talking about you, and you're not defending yourself here. Right. It is not a defense to you missed the call. It is not a defense to say well you guys played bad. It's you still you missed the call. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. It wasn't just one though. It was over. And over again, it was the the uh, the goal from Brenner, the back heel that was called off. Where I I you would you can't convince me that entire ball crossed the line on that, especially yeah. from where the AR the assistant referee was when he put mm-hmm. the flag up. There's no way he could see that. He was in no. fucking Kansas when they called that. He was nowhere yeah. near the ball. And then consistently missing the deflections, consistently missing the corner and goal kicks when balls were clearly ricocheting off. NYCFC yes. players, and you'd get a goal kick awarded instead of a corner kick. It was it was a clown show, and it was ninety nine percent the assistant referees. It wasn't the main match official. I had very few complaints about the main match official. It was the assistant referees that were just asleep at the wheel the entire game. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I couldn't agree more. And yeah, I mean to your point earlier, like you got to let the Brenner backhill goal stand. Like, like even if you saw that ball go out of bounds, like, you owe it to all of MLS to let that one stand. But, I, I mean, with that ref's comments, my mind went to, like, like, some dark conspiracy theory places of, like, I guess not that dark, but, like, MLS needs New York City FC to be good. They get the the Middle Eastern oil money pumped into the league. It's, like... They want them to be the LAFC on the East Coast, and both of the New York teams have sort of failed as brand ambassadors versus being real teams that people are trying to win with. Um, it's just super weird, and I, I could totally see MLS needing to pull some strings somewhere to make sure NYCFC is really, really good. And like the referee saying something like that makes me think. 
think those things. Um, well, you're not the only one that's thinking it. I mean, I guarantee you that's what Noonan was thinking. I mean, he's if there's one thing you've observed about Pat Noonan, or I've observed about Pat Noonan so far as FC Cincinnati's head coach, it's that he really isn't one for hyperbole. Like, he tells you exactly yeah. what he's thinking, but you don't, he doesn't fly off the handle. Everything isn't sunshine and roses, but the sky isn't falling all the time with this guy either. Like, his halftime comments that he gives in these televised mm-hmm. matches are incredible. His press conferences are incredible. The fact that he was that hot and stayed that hot when he went to speak with the media afterwards, talking about how unprofessional it was, that really got him someplace. Not just in the heat of the moment, that got him pretty deep. So that that was... I, I don't... If it's possible, I don't think we're making a big enough deal about how out of pocket this ref's comments were after the match. Yeah, I'm sure the answer is no, but is there any recourse or something like that? I've I've never I've never seen or heard of a ref like going directly after a coach making that kind of statement. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I can say this. So MLS and the referees are separate organizations. It's PRO, the Professional Referees Organization, one of two soccer refereeing organizations in the U.S. Um, they are unionized. All the referees are in pro. And they negotiate a contract with MLS uh, to do these. Within that, U.S. soccer sets standards for referees, and they have, it's my understanding, they have um, evaluators at all of these games, and all of the referees have grades. So your center referees in MLS are like highest tier, tier one. Uh, Your assistant referees are usually tier two, and your fourth official has to be the same ranking as your center referee because they're actually the first substitute if that ref gets injured or or is whatever reason unable to perform their duties. Um, But they get evaluated and they have like a point system and things like this can one, get them suspended by their own organization. And two, um, they'll be docked points in their evaluation and they can actually move backwards in their rankings um, and be taken out of center ref uh, positions. Or if it was an AR, I don't know exactly who said what, but they they could lose their ranking, and all of a sudden they're they're unable to do anything more than a local high school game or D two college or something like that. In theory, right? Well, this guy shouldn't be working at a YMCA after what I saw last night. That was yeah. that was bad. What sucks about it too is that that's the storyline coming out of this game, and not that because if it weren't for some of these calls I, I I rarely think this about games that's a game with that's if it's better officiated FC Cincinnati wins that game oh, yeah. um outright wins that game and we're talking about FC Cincinnati now having won two of their first three in this murderers row stretch really having their way with New York City on offense like that yeah. was that was impressive the way they just gutted that team at will now to be fair, the uh, the defending here was a horror <laughs> show would be a nice way to describe it, but yes. we're not talking about how offensively ferocious this team looked last night. Instead, we're bitching about some assistant referee on a power trip that feels the need to not only miss calls but also critique the performance of the match that he's watching as opposed to officiating. Yeah, that sucks. No, oh, for sure. And to that point. New York City had only conceded 
uh, was it 13 goals going into this match. They were tied with Philly for the fewest goals conceded in the Eastern Conference. Um, Like, really good defense that FC Cincinnati put six past if if you want to undo some of those calls uh nelson pinged one off the uh off the post in the the dying seconds i mean this was so close to being a bloodbath and that sucks yeah because that first half three nil and everyone around the league is what in god's name is going on in cincinnati because this was almost like this was very close to being the coming out party for pat noonan and fc cincinnati where all of a sudden, you know, people probably don't watch a lot of these games if they've seen them. Well, I, I know for the fact based on the ratings that no one's watching these games. <laughs> but but this was a this was a an opportunity against the class team in the East, the defending champions, and it was so close to being that. And they kind of dug their own grave a little bit, but the referee was definitely handing shovels to them the entire time, which was really, really unfortunate. Um yeah. But the offense, man, the offense was just. I, we, I, I gotta. I w- I'm glad Grayson's not here because I would be getting, <laughs> getting my asshole handed to me. But Brenner, man, where has that been for the last Sires. two years? I, I haven't watched God's this game name? from my house because I, I, I may be contracting the plague. We'll see. We'll see what the test <laughs> results are. So of course I have to miss this thriller uh, in the West End. Um, yeah, Brenner. I mean, uh, what is his? What's his future look like at FC Cincinnati? I have no idea. But if the negotiations were up in the air, they just got a little dramatic after last night. I mean, the guy scores. I mean, effectively five times. Right. Uh, and you know, watching this as a, as a Cincinnati sports fan, I'm on my couch. The goals are going in, and and. Uh, I'm thinking, am I going to be able to watch an FCC game where we're th- up three nil, and it's kind of like you're a you're a you're a Chelsea or Tottenham or United or whatever fan. They're up way early, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to make a hot pocket because I don't. The worst thing that's going to happen is I'm going to miss a banger. Uh, maybe I'll come back in the room and it's four um, one. But like clockwork, it felt the first goal goes in. Uh, well, first off, penalty. Uh, yeah. yep. That seemed like, you know, Lucho busts his face open. We get a penalty called against us. I'm like, the, he, the dominoes are falling. Celentano comes up with a massive save. Uh, saves it almost as if put on a cross himself with his feet twisted <laughs> at the bottom. And the ball lands <laughs> like so many nails driven into the cross. This man saves the goal. And I'm thinking he is ordained by there you he go. is in, in da- ordained by the the powers that be by by Carl and Meg, first of or third or fifth of their name, whatever the fuck it is. I thought magic in the air, and then three unanswered goals. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, welcome darkness, my old friend. I'm I'm now I'm like, thank God I'm not there, because Jesus Christ, what fresh hell awaits. But then the game just kept on going, didn't it? Oh no. It's- it was incredible to think like, yeah, the the penalty call was like, oh, here here it comes, like this is the classic meltdown, and then he he saves the penalty, and it's like, oh, this, this is, is our a night, different this, Cincinnati this is our team. Night. You, I, you watch him save that, and it's like, yep, this is our night. It's happening. <laughs> this is the 
this is where it all turns around, right here, right now. And it was, this is, I've seen this movie way too many times in Cincinnati not to know that it was not going to be that easy. But Yeah, I was uh, uh, getting text messages from a, uh, a dear friend, and uh, this, was, this was great. Um, team was up 3 nothing at this, or 2 nothing at this point. This team is so much better than under Yop, and I wrote back. How could you can you imagine people argue that? And then after the third goal goes in, he goes, the problem now is Noonan and or Albright <laughs> may get plucked by a bigger league. The turnaround is just remarkable. And then it is <laughs> five minutes later, I take back everything I've said tonight. <laughs> and then and then ten minutes after that, time to clean house and start over. And it's like, yeah, this is this is what it's like being a Cincinnati fan right now. <laughs> I, I, I can't do the visual justice because it's a podcast, but I got a meme sent to me by a friend where it was the uh it's the Scooby Doo, let's see who he really is meme and it was <laughs> Yop Stom's face. <laughs> I was like, you can't you can't do pat dirty like that. It's No, it's, no. It's, and I mean look like New York but it City, was, that, that, it was, it was a, yeah, that was, that was as close as we had that eight minutes or 10 minutes in the first half. That was NYCFC last year, that yes. ill-fated match where the two of us watched it at Northern Row yes. and we made eye contact. And we're like, this, <laughs> this, this shit has to, this has to be over. <laughs> this guy's, this, this bum's got to go. Cause it was the same situation. It was, they conceded a lot of goals off set pieces mm-hmm. where you watch it back, and it's like guys missing their mark, just wide open chances being taken, and yeah. and, and it it just looked like for those ten minutes the team reverted back to yacht ball, where a lot of ball watching, a lot of what the hell's going on, and that was that was tough. But you know what? What's really neat is this is like the third time this year where the wheels have kind of fallen off defensively for this team. And they battled back into the game. Yeah. Um, yes. In that Montreal game, they battled back into that game. Uh, I want to say in the New England game, they battled back into that game. Um, and this one again, where they give up uh, four unanswered to go down three to four uh, after leading three nil, and they still have it in them to not only battle back for the tying goal, but also probably should have won that game in the last couple minutes of uh, regulation, which is you want to talk about what's a sign of a well-coached team and a team that has good leadership of the players on the field and getting everybody back together. That that's what you're looking for on a day when shit's going sideways, that they still manage to bring it all in together and they don't let it get away from them. They still salvage that point where it's like, you're not happy. You got a point there. You would have been happy with a point before the game started. Right, right. You definitely would have been happy with a point after giving up four goals. But, like, that was – that's that's a really, really good sign, I think, for this team is that they, they continue to fight through adversity, which you, you, you love to see, I think. Yeah. I think for, for me as well, it, it's continued this run of games where the games that FC Cincinnati wins, like – it was a close game like it was maybe they got lucky here or there and there are games where fc cincinnati loses or draws where we're like man we were definitely the better team that was a missed opportunity and i just love that like it's very it's i mean 
it's been since like the New England Open Cup game and the Austin game to start the year, where it was like FC Cincinnati was just beaten off the pitch. They were just absolutely pointless and useless. Like that was that was terrible and pathetic. Like those are the only two times they've had that. We went two years with that. Where it was like skin of our teeth for the wins and then just pathetic for everything else. So I'm I'm very happy with matches like uh like that. And I mean I think it was was it backheeled? Maybe it was MLS soccer, uh called us like the most entertaining team to watch or or put us high up in the watchability rankings and I mean, a Wednesday night game like that, that's your watchability ranking right there. That was awesome. Um, you don't get cheated when you buy a ticket. I mean, yeah, they right. they really understand how to give you your money's worth when you pay to go see soccer at TQL Stadium. I don't. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone who just I'm going to go down and buy a ticket to the FC didn't have a good time at the very. They have an entertaining time at least watching that game. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, so so, for me though, the, 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 yeah. the two questions coming out of this though, and I'm, I'm interested in your take on this, Kevin. I'm interested in your take on this, Mister Harks, uh, <laughs> the Harks. So, does this change the math with Brenner after watching this? That he scored his first goal in the previous match, um, that we the Orlando game. Mm-hmm. That was his first goal. Three more that counted, two more that didn't in this game, looked incredible. Like, best offense. We were debating on the chat best offensive performance by an fc cincinnati player since what gb in that st louis game in the home opener yeah so if the plan yesterday was we're going to take an offer to sell him and clear the dp spot are you pumping the brakes on that a little bit if you're albright watching what just happened here and saying okay well let's see if he can't really raise his value yeah i mean it, it it has to change the math, right? Like if they're if they're thinking about dealing him right now, uh, God, I hope the ink isn't dry. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that performance just raised the price fifteen percent alone, uh, or stop the deal altogether. I mean, just to just to put it plainly, um, at least the the info that's been flying around from various hashtag sources uh, that 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 we've been exposed to so far as I know or can tell is that we're probably bringing in Miazga maybe mm. and and or Brenner could be on his way out maybe even probably maybe even Brenner moving out is or Miazga coming in is contingent on that um I suppose I'll answer a question with a question and 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 let uh Kevin you address the ret or chief or whomever but at this point, do you take, you know, a much-needed, experienced domestic center back in Miazga, but now that means you have to lose Brenner and what he just showed he could do? Ugh. It's yeah. so hard, right? Like, I was so ready to move on from Brenner. And these last two matches, you finally got to see, like, what, type of player he was supposed to be and i think back to of like the sombrero or the uh, the rainbow or whatever whatever we call that move um and the backheeled goal here like this is a guy that's not lacking confidence and i'm not entirely sure what changed 
uh, on the training ground or with him, or maybe he knows he's out of here, so he's playing with house money and he, he knows he's he, the pressure's off, and all of a sudden we're we're seeing the pressureless uh, Brenner. I'm I'm not entirely sure what changed there, uh, but gosh, like you have to wonder, like you don't need somebody as expensive as Miazga to shore up this defense. Do you? Miazga would be nice. Are you sure? I mean, here's the problem, though, that mm. I keep going back to, is that, okay, like, my thoughts on Brenner are well-known, but I'm impressed with what I've seen the last yeah. two weeks. Him filling in for Lucho and still scoring. Um, him, or him filling in for Lucho, I think, was that in the Philly game where he filled in for Lucho, kind of? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And scoring four goals now in two games. This is... This is the guy we were promised when he was brought over by Nightcamp last year. The yeah. guy who's creative, who is constantly a threat in front of goal with all parts of his body and all of his feet and every type of shot you can imagine. This is the guy. Yep. But, huge but, the defense has been bad this year. They're it winning has. games, and there have been games where it's been okay, but there have been way too many games this year where they have just leaked goals out the back and taken themselves out of situations where they can get wins, they can get points. What is this? The this is the third time this year already where they've conceded more than four goals in a game. Yeah. Fourth, if yeah. you count the Open Cup against New England. Um, it's tough. And they, it's tough, and and they haven't yet shown that they can win one of these shootouts. They've drawn this one. They lost to Montreal. Um, they lost to Austin, but I mean, when they win, they're winning one nil, two nil. Um, they're not winning these, they're not winning these big six, seven, eight goal contests. And just, I just don't see for this team, if they're going to be successful this year. Now, if the plan is, we we talked about last week, you know, maybe that they're punting a little bit on this year. They're not going to say they're punting and the plan will be to, wait for Kubo's contract to expire, wait for Cruz's contract to expire, figure out a way to maybe get uh, a Tonga out of here and utilize that young DP spot on somebody or that U22 spot on somebody. Maybe you you wait to bring the center back in, but I just don't see how this is sustainable. I think it's sustainable without Brenner and a center back like Miazga. Mm. Now, I don't see how it's sustainable with Brenner and the center backs they have right now this year so, next year so, i don't know yeah. but this year right now it does not feel sustainable with this back line so my thought there is getting a good high quality center back is probably easier than convincing ownership that they should spend 13 million dollars on a hot brazilian prospect in the attack and i think you'd keep brenner on the books because you know you won't be able to replace him with that knowing that you can replace Isaac Atanga with a serviceable if not great MLS center back or Kubo or Cruz with a really good MLS center back and you do punt this year and you you put the pressure on Ian Murphy and you put the pressure on Blackett now to step up uh, to be able to play this and maybe there's an opportunity to trade within the league for a starting caliber center back that's not too old, basically, if you do think you have a shot at the playoffs here. But I just feel like of the two, the Brenner player 
is harder to come by. And since you already have him on the team and Albright doesn't have to convince ownership to pay that money in the transfer fee, you stick with the sunk cost there so long as he performs like this. If he doesn't have this three-game stretch that he had, it's a super easy decision. But if he's the DP striker and your your strike partner is Brandon motherfucking Vasquez, like, <laughs> you take whatever defense you have behind it. You've got one of the best attacks in MLS. I don't know. The other thing I'm also worried about, like, I was big into Miazga to FCC when it looked like it was going to be a, a TAM deal or a, a, a non-DP deal. Mm-hmm. I am significantly less enamored with Matt Miazga as a DP. Just because, based on what the information that it looks like, it looks like he's going to be another one of those barely a DP guys that's just just a little too high to be bought down. And that would leave you with, basically all three of your DPs at that point are guys that are just barely above DP level. Like, Wobodo is barely above DP level. Lucho is barely above DP level. He's playing at exceptional value, but it does feel like at least what you can say about Brenner is that Brenner, they paid a lot of money to get him in. Um, There's a high upside there. Whereas with Miazga, I don't know there's that high upside. You're certainly not maximizing the value of the DP spot by using it on someone like Matt Miazga uh, versus going out and really blowing the bank on somebody, which you're allowed to do with the DP. Um, I don't know. But the other thing, too, is I'm also worried, like, this is awesome last night. We're basking in the wonderful, we're basking in the glory of what Brenner did. It is only, like, three games. Yeah. Balanced <laughs> against a whole lot of terrible. Yeah. The, the counterpoint here, as, as a Brenner believer, is you could look at the sunk cost a different way. If there's a world, and I'm not as well-versed in the transfer stuff, so if, if this is all horseshit, <laughs> just let me know. But... <laughs> I, I I thought there was a world where maybe Miazga comes here on a free. I don't know if that's even possible. Um, I mean, it's possible, it's, but Chelsea's got his contract for another year, and they're going to look to get some value for him. There's probably yeah. buyers okay. for him in Belgium, I would think. If it's so, not so let's let's just I don't know. Even if let's just say you have 13 million in Brenner, but yes, the rest of this year, and I'd say we're comfortably halfway through it, maybe more. Um, he's not performed. There's every chance he could be anonymous for the rest of the year after just having a great game, or even average. If he was average, as far as his production would go, he's he would have been better than he's been since he's been <laughs> right, here. Right. So the money's already spent. Uh, what's another two million or whatever it would cost to bring Miazga in? And we are as successful as we are largely without Brenner's contributions up to this point. And if you can imagine a DP, you know, you always talk about strengthening the spine of the group to build around them. We've got a number 10, a number six, and then a number five right down the middle. Um, You know, maybe that's the wise play. And yeah, Brenner looked awesome and we will look like fucking morons letting him go now. (laughs) <laughs> but maybe that's the right thing to do, and it's not sexy, it's not glamorous. Given that that's the style of these Philly guys that are are now driving the sh- the, the ship, I, I wouldn't be overly surprised if we have this great coming out from Brenner, and then he ends up in Belgium next month. 
Right, right. I I do wonder too. I don't know what uh don't know exactly where they're at with Vasquez's contract, but that's another piece too where you look at next year, you might not have Vasquez uh depending on what those options are or whatever the case may be there. Um maybe maybe hang on to Brenner because you know you have that, but again, it's it's reliant on him being this player and it's very similar uh, having tremendous flashbacks to Lacadia of like yes really good player and he came on really strong right towards the end of his his loan deal there but it was like we've seen we've seen the floor like we know how bad it can be and we can't take another another year of him like needing to find his footing or lost his confidence or his girlfriend breaks up with him and we, we lose him for three more months. Like that's, uh, you gotta, you gotta balance all of that. And it's, it's hard when you know how bad it can be. And like any new signing is like, Oh, we could sign like Kai Kamara and be like, Oh my gosh, we're going to get the best version of Kai Kamara. This is so great. But I think what's, like di- Brenner, what's, what's, yeah. what's different now, though, is that this was the first chance we've seen of what the floor could, what the ceiling could look like for Brenner. That's true. That's true. And it's it's as bad as the basement has looked for him. That ceiling is unbelievable. <laughs> he, he scored. I mean, that's every unreal. Type of goal that we needed. The outside of the box shot. Like, where has that been? Buddy, we could get you that shot all day. Like the FCC has created those those chances many times. Ask Alvis Powell; he takes two yeah. of them a match. Yeah, like, the, pro- the problem is the, the, those... the problem yeah. is the last guy that made a goal like that was Isaac Atanga against Columbus, and we haven't seen him <laughs> since. <laughs> That's true. It's the He's on a fucking maybe. milk carton right now after making that goal. <laughs> Atanga makes me so sad because I am a sucker for a straight up burner down the wing. And he's just like uh, Dakers reincarnated. I will never stop believing in him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's probably just never. I hope. I hope not. I hope maybe you know maybe he has a Brenner moment and this guy starts <laughs> a game be out of necessity and just lights it up. Yeah, I don't see. Yeah. That. I don't see that happening. I think he's looked, <laughs> he has not looked good. Not only not looked good, he's looked. Maybe this guy should be an NPSL level of bad. Yeah. He he looks bad on one of the worst MLS Next Pro teams. Like it's that bad for Atanga. It's it's so rough. And again, it's so much tied up in him. Four million dollar transfer fee. He's making a good chunk of money salary wise. He's U twenty two initiative, so the salary or the transfer fee doesn't hit the salary charge and whatever else. But like you have to wonder what if if they could have found someone who's just able to contribute on an Alan Cruz level with that contract would just be infinitely better use of those resources right now. Just super, super frustrating. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's that's where we're at with uh, with where this team is going shopping wise. And I mean, I think now is is the time to bring up the team went ahead and re-signed or, or I guess uh, pulled the trigger on the team option for Tyler Blackett. Um, I believe it's just through the end of this year, right? I think I've That's, read two it's, different things. It's not clear. I had, I had thought that picking his option up now also kept him through all of next year as well, that it was an additional – it was through this year and through all of next year. But then 
I think Laurel had some reporting this week that it was a team option or there was an option for next year. And it's a really big distinction that I'd like to get a final answer on because my opinion of pulling the trigger and exercising the option on him changes greatly based on whether or not we're also signing up for Tyler Blackett at, what, like $800,000 yes. of, of salary for next year. If we're on the hook for that, that's a completely different conversation than they've picked him up for the rest of the year and they can choose to bring him back based on how he played. And how he played in his first game since getting the contract was not great. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. Um, no, I... Yeah, that's the other thing too. That like, so I got got an argument on the old FCC Discord, and um, which is like just classic me. And uh, I was proven wrong. And and God God bless you, Paul. I'll which is also classic you. Yes, (laughs) I was. uh, I was. um, I'm not afraid to admit when I was wrong. But um, yeah, there were apparently two different options. There's a six month option, basically, to see out this season, and an additional one. I'm not sure if they're independent of each other or if like the next season option is an additional one, or if it was like we had to pick the six month option or the year and a half option, which is also a whole nother thing there. Um, but I would have also assumed that the six month option, like if that was a part of this contract negotiation, that he'd get a pay increase because he's taking on more risk by going jobless in the winter potentially. So maybe he's on $850,000, $900,000 a year at this point for the rest of the year, which changes the math on who you want to bring in as well. Um, but what kills me is that he's arguably our worst defender. And he's like the guy who's supposed to be in his prime with a resume that's all over England and the Premier League and whatnot. And it's just super frustrating that, like, is he the worst center back? He's like, well, it's either him or the guy we just drafted or the washed-up national teamer. It's like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, what a terrible conversation to be having. But, like, the answer isn't Hagland. And maybe the answer should be Hagland, but it isn't. Um, that, By the that way, part of it what, I find frustrating. What crazy value we're getting out of that guy? He was the he <laughs> yes. was a he was a black stain on our on our uh, roster build initially that that people are still mad about today. But God damn it, what was it, what's this team <laughs> look like without Hags on it? Probably not great. No. You know what's sad? You know what's sad about Tyler Blackett is he's probably in the upper half, top percentile of Gerard Nightcamp signings in terms of oh no quality and performance. That is that is interesting though. How much does Brenner's performance change the way we view the Nightcamp era? Right, like if Brenner is this star killer that we we thought we were getting, like. Does, you know, does no, it, it doesn't no. change it at all because <laughs> any don't, asshole can don't. sign can sign a thirteen million dollar young Brazilian from Brazil. <laughs> like you could just go and say, "All right, who's what kids lighting it up down there?" Throw a bag at him. Sure, sure. And also, it's it's no, don't humanize Gerard like that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, he couldn't get value out of Brenner. He and his his dipshit friend Yap, they couldn't they couldn't deploy Brenner right. in a way that he was successful. They didn't know how to use them. And the best thing you can say about them is that when they needed to win right now to keep their jobs intact, 
they signed a guy who was a project that right. needed time to adjust to MLS, that needed time to adjust to playing in a new country. And that was the exact wrong move for what they needed to do to get this franchise out of a goddamn death spiral. So, no, they get no credit for that. None. <laughs> yeah, no, it's still, still a number of puzzling uh, decisions from those guys. Um, real quick, speaking- I have no idea if this if these stats matter at all. but Probably not. Just looking real quick at Hag's player ratings for this year. Please. Uh, very capricious, but he's he's mostly pulling all mid sevens, and his his average fought mob rating is is six point nine three, which I think I think has a some outliers in the data are that Montreal game that wasn't great. Sure, uh, he got a real bad rating in the Atlanta game. Another Montreal game. <laughs> <laughs> with a bad rating. <laughs> Otherwise, he's been over seven uh, every match. Uh, got a seven point three last night, which I think he earned. Let me, um, I don't seven, remember him. Sevens was always the goal in college. It never worked out that way. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember Hags being so dominant in the air, but his uh, his aerial dual win percentage is is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's the hair. Maybe we'll have a little Samson action going on with the guy. <laughs> he should have scored he like two goals like over the last yes, couple games. Exactly. Yeah. He needs to work on the, the shooting heading drills. But, yes, he is very dominant in the air. Um, yeah, it, it no, Mr. Harks, that is exactly the uh, – that, that is exactly the, the case on Haglund, which is he has no business being as good as he is. He's on the league minimum uh, – salary he's getting a supplemental income by being a club ambassador i'll be honest i don't know much, how much ambassading he's doing i think uh, he wears the i think he wears the gary suit to like shopping mall openings like <laughs> right. i don't see the team like promoting like haglin signing autograph things and maybe they're happening maybe i'm just not following enough uh, car dealerships on twitter to see them but um like he'll be I opening a brand do. new radio shack next week come come out and <laughs> Come out and meet Gary. And if <laughs> I'm and, and I'm going to jump to a completely another topic because that's you know please that's yeah, why not? There are no rules here. <laughs> Fucking Jeff Cameron pulling his coach away from screaming at this ref. I I am absolutely here for this for this fuckery. I mean, a player who seems like I don't know crazy eyes on the guy. I. I I have mixed feelings about Jeff Cameron for many different reasons, but I, I after last night watching him hold his man's back from the fight, so he could <laughs> so he could look and feel even bigger than he was in that moment. I mean that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a heads up play from the guy, and uh, I hope even if he's even if he's done playing next year, uh, are we just going to sign every guy who retires at FC Cincinnati as an ambassador? Yes. Let's do it. Yes. I'm in. I mean, the other thing about Jeff Cameron is when you watch an actual game in, I, I know when you lead off with the other thing about Jeff Cameron, this conversation can go in a lot of really <laughs> wild directions. But when you actually watch this team in person, not with what the camera's following around on, mm-hmm. when there are breaks, when there are downtimes, it's unquestioned that Jeff Cameron is the leader of this team on the field, at least as far as the yeah. defense is concerned. Um, yeah. For 60 minutes until he burns out, but. But I mean, you know what? <laughs> Who among us? Right. I, Bert, I, I couldn't Bert do Bert I wouldn't write seven hot. minutes out there. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, 
it is interesting. Yeah, his leadership qualities have always been praised. I, I do wonder if that's what uh, that's what killed him with Bruce Arena because he was he found his way off the national team because of a a butting of heads. I have to imagine there was something there. And and then again, like props to Noonan for being able to like harness that and direct that into something positive and helpful on the team rather than like having a, a type a fight for who's going to get to dictate the, the terms of the team. Um, yeah, no, he's definitely, he's always pointing things out. He's always directing traffic. Um, it's really, really nice to see. You just wish you had him three years ago instead of now. Or so. What you wish is you really wish you had someone next to him that, that complimented him in right. terms of skill set that provides what he can't provide. Um, Miazga. Someone, uh, Miazga, maybe. I mean, with Cameron, you're probably looking for someone that's a little, even with a little more athletic than Miazga that can cover a few of the shortcomings that Cameron has moving. Um, I get that's not a great thing to say about a center back, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a statue it, out there from time to time. But no, um, yeah. there are there are there are definitely players out there that would complement having a guy like Cameron on the field. The problem is is that if, if there is a problem is that we have way too many of the same guys in terms of skill set at the center back position. All, all of our center backs are, you know, you can change the names on the back of the jersey, but if you were just evaluating on skill set and play style alone, they all are pretty much the same guy. They're, yeah. Not a lot of them are bringing a dynamic thing to the table that the other one doesn't have. And that's tough when you're going to need to cover – that you need to cover for Cameron in so much as that he provides the leadership. Someone else has to provide the muscle and the go, and the, the go juice, so to speak. It, it just makes the decision to let Viasia go stranger and stranger as this goes on. The U22 player, very athletic, promising. Look, we've seen he wouldn't have needed to start if they didn't trust his ability, but to be able to bring him in off the bench, athletic, not going to get burnt out, could run with some of these guys. I I mean, I'm assuming it was a, a personality thing there because well, they, haven't, they haven't spent the money they got for him. No, it, it, it's it would be one thing if they had moved him and then they had some corresponding move that they needed all the fun bucks for, but. I think that's all still sitting in an account. I don't think we've spent that yet. I don't know if we accrue interest on like unspent gam and tam, but like, did Albright buy Bitcoin with the money that he got? And like, oh, that no. when it tanked, that's what fucked us for making deals with this money. He's a heavy into Ethereum, and that's the reason why we can't spend it right now. Can you FC? loan gam out? Because that would be fucking incredible. You don't need let's gam say, loan sharking million dollars in gam. You loan it out. And yeah, one point three back next year. What do we say? You can. There has Ooh. been mechanisms where this has worked. There have also been the incredibly MLS trade uh, in the past. I think they've changed the rules where this isn't quite possible just because they operate so differently. But GAM for TAM trades were always fun. That would set the market for the exchange rate between the two. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does uh, did anybody ever buy any of the FC Cincinnati Socios? I think it's what it's called. 
the NFTs that the club partnered with. I don't even know if they're available. <laughs> I don't know if anybody bought one. Apparently, like, the Arsenal ones are trading for, like, two cents, and they launched at, like, 40 bucks and stuff. I, I mean, if I there's a time on, I, to get into crypto, it's right now. I, <laughs> right I want it on record that I was advocating, before we even started a podcast at The Post, I was advocating for Post NFTs to try and cash in on this, and no one was willing to go along with me. We missed our window. Sure did. <laughs> we could have lost all the money. No. You, know how much hey, money this... Th- you know how much money this podcast has made? Zero negative, dimes. Negative dollars. I had to buy this fucking microphone. Where <laughs> yes. I'm out money doing this. We could have we could have cleaned up in the NFT market. That uh, We that... hosted a website for years, just had random articles that would either make people laugh. We still have a website with random or... articles. It's I know, I'm there. saying like the only thing that's I'm saying for all of these years, we have hosted this website, okay, okay. and it has only housed articles that either are throwaway or j- or piss people off for weeks. <laughs> See, like I want to get to the point where I make money. I I, I want yeah. more money. There's well, a guy you're in the that, wrong fucking exercise. There's a there's a there's a blog I read for the uh, the Buccaneers down in Tampa where it's like stuffed to the gills with advertising everywhere for like ambulance chasing lawyers and Ford dealerships and shitty restaurants. And they are so in the bag to make money any way possible that they let the sales guy from the Ford dealership that sponsors them write a draft column where he advocates for picking Florida State players. And like they use that as a they, you, know, you can advertise on our site and we'll even let the guy that sells the sells the fucking F one fifties, he can write a draft article for us. That's where <laughs> I want to get. I want to sell out completely. I mean, Red Apple Ale, we are here for you when you're ready. <laughs> you know I had a few of those on vacation. They're not that bad. The, so they're not bad. They're probably too sweet, which is like the classic definitely criticism too sweet. of anything like that. But I, I feel bad for them because they missed, like, the seltzer wave, which I think they could have crushed if they had gone with, like, a apple seltzer and, and that had been their hey, Nobody pitch, really does but... an apple seltzer, do they? There's got to be a market for that, right? Uh, uh, the, I, I think Bud Light uh, seltzer has an apple flavor, but it's not like they're out there loudly advertising it. And the only other apple soda that I've had, which is fucking fantastic, is Cidral. It's a uh, Mexican mm. apple soda, and it is fucking yeah. great. So yeah, that would really, that would make a great seltzer flavor. Apple. Is there anything? Tell me... is, is there anything less necessary than a Bud Light seltzer? No. <laughs> why? But why? I mean, why? Why? We're Americans. Light, we're gonna Bud... fucking be in a in a in a missile of leisure as it crashes into the earth. <laughs> no, but I want to be. I want to be a person in the days. branding meeting at Anheuser Busch in St. Louis, where they're like, "We're getting our lunch taken from us by." by High Noon and by White Claw and Truly, what should our response be? Should we improve our product? No, 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 that would be ridiculous. Should we do better at marketing our product? That would be ridiculous. No, we're going to introduce a copycat product that no one is asking for and that no one is going to buy because they're already (laughs) buying the Truly, the White Claw, and the High Noon. Why? How many fucking seltzers do we need? apparently all of them because there are fucking so many different kinds it's ridiculous like mad tree just introduced a seltzer I'm like, okay man cool if you're just doing a I, seltzer just... now you missed it like you've missed the boat there bud light has a variety pack that has apple crisp toasted marshmallow maple pear and pumpkin spice pumpkin spice seltzer yes oh. you know what <laughs> maybe the solar Braxton flare should have hit yeah <laughs> 
I had that thought when I got out of the car today. I was like, oh, yeah, weren't we, weren't we supposed to have yeah, a doomsday shit. solar I, flare? I forgot to charge all my batteries in, in anticipation. Oh, my God. Being an that American how, is wild. That was how uh, – did you ever watch this really shitty movie with Nicolas Cage called Knowing? Where <laughs> – I, yes. I have – that's yes. that's how the movie ends. Is that there's a coronal mass ejection and it just incinerates the planet. I've been terrified ever since. I caught this movie like hammered coming home from the bar one night at two a.m. <laughs> and I just caught the part where like the blast hits the Earth and everyone. There's also this weird shit where like aliens take these kids up to space and they repopulate the human race. It's but the stun it just incinerates the planet and it was very terrifying when I was inebriated. Yeah. Or, uh, you Spoiler start- alert. You go too far down the rabbit hole on Wikipedia and you get into uh, gamma ray bursts and uh, how how things we, we could never detect could wipe us out in about 10 seconds and uh, we just never see it coming. It just shows up one day and eliminates us. It's cool. Okay, glad yeah, I have that neat. in the back of my head. Neat. <laughs> You're not going to get this type of uh, discussion out of any other soccer podcast <laughs> in Cincinnati. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, devastating people... How about that victory song at TQL Stadium? It would appear (laughs) that the the DJ or whoever is running the sound system at old TQL – has decided is it Mr. Brightside is our is our victory song coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. Gotta be down because I won it all. It started out started out with a kiss. How did it end up like this? It was only a kiss. It was only a kiss. I think that describes the meeting between Birding and Carl Linder. When <laughs> Birding first pitched FCC, you know, it started out with a kiss. How did it You end up launched like this? a thought of them kissing into my mind. Just fired it right in there. Was I'm surprised there Carl Linder's not drop it, banging the door down where you're recording and stopping this from happening. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you insinuate. <laughs> it's illegal nah, he's, now, actually. He, he's uh, not listening. He's plugged into the wall recharging somewhere. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> Hello, friends. Soccer oh. is a sport on the rise, and our community <laughs> is on the rise as well. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's it's the dead eyes. It's like it's like the taxidermy eyes are what gets me. It's, it's a like look. It's that my friends call them butler eyes. It's like the look mm. of someone that the only interaction he's had with a human being until he was twenty was with a butler in his house. Yes, yes, yes. Um, oh, the, the, the Mr. Brightside. What if we? What if we slowed it down, kind of like to "You'll Never Walk Alone" speed, and sung it like a funeral dirge? Would that work for this song? Oh, uh, no, no. <laughs> I think it would work great. Like It'd just like awesome. this. I was thinking as you were, re- were you were just reading that. I was like. Yeah, set this to some like shitty show tune music, and then we can all be like those weirdos that support Liverpool and sing that like as a, a dirge, as a celebration at the West End. You know what always drove me nuts about like obviously I uh, I, I I had the the infamous exercise of eating so many plates of shit trying to create trying to line up a club album. It was a year of work. And my God, did it fail spectacularly. (laughs) But much of the judgment was, this song's very slow. Yes, I understand that. The thing is, when humans are all together singing something at the same time, almost the slower it is, the more haunting and wild. That's why You'll Never Walk Alone, like, gets you so much. Because it has, like, passages where everyone 
you know, can can lock the same note in. Otherwise, that song is a fucking snooze fest. But goddamn, Mr. Brightside, I feel like that's throwing the needle opposite in the in the complete opposite direction. Now, I, I, I feel as though it is too late. The moment has happened, and this is now the song. It just happens like that. That's how it happened in Liverpool. A, a yes. fucking guy liked a cover version of a song, played it over the PA, and then just kept doing that. And then now that's the song. That's the story. So that just happened here. A DJ happened to pick the right <laughs> night in a song from 2004. And and here we go. We're, we're a synthwave power pop uh, club now. But if you guys were to pick a different song that's not this, are we talking like post-win celebration? Do you play it after every match, win or lose? Do you play something before the match? What do you guys have up your sleeves? Well, I mean, if you're talking about what kind of song should you play to a crowd of mostly middle to upper middle class white people in a soccer stadium, you got to go Dave Matthews, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you want to be basic, you would do that. That song's low key really kind of creepy. He's talking about watching someone through the windows while he stares. Yeah. You wear nothing and you wear it so well. It's like, this guy's a fucking creep. <laughs> The answer would be ants marching, though, as always. Ooh. Um, I I never know what to do with these things. Like, tub thumping is always the one that comes to mind because, like, that's just, I'm not very original. Or I want to pick, like, something really esoteric or, like, something weird just to to make fun of the exercise. Like, window liquor from Aphex Twin, right? It's like, yeah, let's do, like, a 15-minute techno anthem where it's, like, you know, it just builds forever. Um, I don't know. I don't care. And I think Mr. Brightside works perfectly. Like, I think you want a pop really? song that everybody knows. It's like, Does I Does everybody think, know I, that song? I don't oh. know a single word of this song. I mean, I know like, the, no, hold on. You know the I, I know, song, no, though. I know the song, yes. but, like, it's not like um, it's not like Africa by Toto where it comes on and everybody knows all the words and they sing the falsetto like shit. Like, what you're really talking about for a song in a, in a stadium like this is, like, what is your heat check song on the touch tunes at the bar? Where it's like, the vibe is really good. Let's see if we can get this entire place singing right now. For me, when I'm at a bar... And I want to see how drunk everyone is. And if everybody really wants to get into a sing-along, there's only one song I play. And that's God Bless the USA by Lee Greenwood. <laughs> how dare you? Just <laughs> to see a bunch, of, a, bunch, a, b- a bunch of drunk people standing up yelling, I'm proud to be an American, or at least I know I'm free. It's electric to watch an entire bar suddenly realize that's playing and get really into it. But like that's the kind of not, – not Lee Greenwood. That would be a terrible idea for an <laughs> But like – the song you're looking for is the one where, like, not only does everybody recognize it, but everybody already kind of knows the words to it. That's why that's why Wonderwall works so well up in Minnesota, is that everyone between a certain age in this country knows the words to Oasis. And you can have opinions about Oasis, but everybody knows the words. Everyone has heard of this Mr. Brightside song. Most people couldn't sing half the lyrics if they tried. So here's here's my counterpoint. Here's my counterpoint. Mr. Brightside was named Song of the Decade by UK radio stations, XFM and Absolute Radio in 2010. In 2010 as well, Rolling Stone listed Mr. Brightside as the 48th best song of the 21st century. So there's 47 better options. Hang on. In 2021, it ranked at number 378 on the greatest 500 songs of all time. 500 songs of all time, and it's middle of the pack? 
you can't say you don't know the song. Like that's that's in there. Here, here's gotta... the thing, though. As as much churn <laughs> as there's been around finding a song for a thing, it's it. There's been so many just para- arbitrary parameters we've set up. Does it have anything to do with Cincinnati? Does it say anything about what's been going on? Part of me thinks they had this queued up expecting a loss and then just happened to play it anyway. Maybe, you know, Mr. Brightside. But the chorus reads, Jealousy turning saints into the sea, swimming through sick lullabies, choking on your alibis. But it's just the price I pay. Destiny is calling me. Open up my eager eyes because I'm Mr. Brightside. How the fuck does that... That apply to Cincinnati. It doesn't mean a goddamn thing, and that's no. why it's perfect. All right, I per- sure. I, I'm. That's fine. It's just like as it we've been racking be our brains five for a song. Best co- killer songs to play. Oh no! Are we human or are we dancer? I mean, we could we could go that route. How about a little "I'm the Man Come Round"? That song's a banger. We're just gonna be talking like we have to have the killers involved in all this. You know, it's funny. Shit. I always Apparently thought the killers were a British singers band. Of, uh, a Mormon. That's fun. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I I always thought they were uh, a British band. I thought they were from the UK, and come to find out, they're from I think Vegas. But yep. they're like ten times more popular in the UK than in the US. So everybody so in the UK probably thinks they're British too. Yes, I, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the soccer snob in me. It's like we should have a British band anthem. And well, then let's just let's just turn into the fucking swerve and let's just get Ed Sheeran playing if we need a British voice singing. Watermelon Sugar High, and that's that's the club anthem. Is that Harry Styles? I think. <laughs> oh, it is Harry Styles. I'm 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 all over the place here. Come on, man! Don't disrespect <laughs> Ed like that, Edward. Edward. <laughs> Kevin, I liked your idea of "Rather Be With You" by Bootsy Collins. That just makes sense. Thank it's you've got four fucking words to learn. You, you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be with you. Ooh. Yeah, you just say that over and over again with some sweet, funky bass notes going. You can have like oh, the Bootsy Collins bassist of the match, and it's just always Bootsy or Freak bass. Um, <laughs> they just. What about something yeah, like, fun. You, I think a song that you're going to play at a stadium like this, it has to be a 90s banger. Because it's got to be something that people, like between the ages, I'm going to say 30 to 40, they got to lead the charge on this, uh, on, on stuff. It's got to be something like, you know, like No Diggity or, I don't know, like... Rhythm is a Dancer. I'm Blue? <laughs> yes. Blue? Oh, come, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> is it too on about, the nose? <laughs> what about like like cake? Everyone can sing along with cake because he's just talking during the song. The distance. The distance. <laughs> or, or short skirt, long jacket. I'm I'm good yeah. either way. The war pigs cover. I'm good. <laughs> good. Good. I'm not even gonna not even gonna go there. Something by R. Kelly. Oh Jesus! <laughs> come on. Why oh, we gotta be that way? <sighs> so, okay, so. We've accomplished nothing with this discussion. We can't even agree on a song among the three of us, which is why there hasn't been a song. Mr. Brightside it is, I guess. (laughs) This is how you end up with Mr. Brightside. How could it end up like this? This is how, actually. They should just put like a Grateful Dead or a Fish song on. It's like a 20-minute live version. Yes. And everybody just sits in the Bailey vibing, like not knowing the words to anything. 
but you need a different live one every time. So it's like you got this concert one, this concert one. It's, it's Althea live at Alpine Valley. I love this version. I have a Google Home in my kitchen. Wherever I ask it to play a song, it'll pick the most obscure fucking like live we are tuning our instruments version of the song. I have no idea why it does this to me. But that's what we can do. Just hook up a Google Home to the stadium, request a song, and then just grit. My friend and I had this really its a terrible idea, like most ideas we have are. I think the most overrated job in the world is a wedding DJ. I'm sorry if you are a wedding Ooh, DJ, but yeah. I feel like anyone can do your job. You're coming for everybody. Today. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm fucking into it. taking heads. And we had an idea that we would start a business called DJ MacBook Pro. And the business model was we provide a MacBook Pro that has all these songs loaded on it. And then there's an app that you download, kind of like TouchTunes, where the guests can be in control of the wedding playlist. But in order to sign up for it, you would have to actually take a photo of yourself. And there'd be a screen above the MacBook Pro that would then put your picture up on the screen. (laughs) So if you played a shitty song, the entire wedding would know that it was you or the asshole that, you know, was playing, I don't know, fucking Taylor Swift or whatever it is. And nobody wanted to hear that. Shake it off. And then the bride and the groom would have the same app and they could, like, skip any song they wanted. Or they could curate the playlist to make sure only certain songs got played. But what if we did that in the Bailey? And, like, we, for the victory song... We had, and there was like on the app, and you could all vote as to what song would get played, and then it certainly wouldn't be abused by the same people that named <laughs> ships Bodie McBoatface. But <laughs> I mean, maybe you end up with like that Russian yodeling guy. That maybe that's the song that plays. Or maybe it's, it's like it's like would... Wheeler Walker, and like everyone, <laughs> everyone has to cover their kids' ears or something like that. Oh my god. Well, you get to the you, you I mean, I'm going to say it again. You get to the lowest common denominator, the one thing everybody finds unoffensive and what do you find there? Mr. Brightside. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we've come full circle. When you Shit. talked about that idea, the cynic in me was like that would require people to actually put themselves behind their idea and push it push it forward on their own and be responsible for the outcome and I don't think a whole lot of people would be up for that. But I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> much much easier to to have somebody else make the decision and then point and and critique. We all um, we all vote up like Karma Police, and it's like some terrible, really slow song. We're listening to Radiohead after a win. Yes, like oh, all yeah. the players, all the players in the field just confusingly applauding as the lights flash on and off. You just hear <laughs> Karma Police arrest this yeah. man. I'm imagining the bridge from Paranoid Android and everyone just getting really <laughs> bummed out. <laughs> Maybe that's what we play after a loss. Maybe we like just need to lean into the losses and just find like really sad songs. All right, oh. so Mr. Brightside's uh, lyrics make no fucking sense. What what is the what does he say in the bridge of uh, of uh, Paranoid Android? Rain down, rain down, come on, rain down on me. From a great height, from a great height, height. Perfect. Right? Done. Go on. Yeah. It's, it's That'll a victory work. song if I've ever heard one. <laughs> well, th- at least at least we're winning. This is a much better conversation to be having yes. Than, yes. than anything we had in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So true. Well, I don't have so, a good transition for this, but I feel like we got to touch on this because – 
this podcast has been nothing but the MLS media rights podcast, at least as far as FCC world is concerned. And some interesting news coming across today. It was in the college football world. Uh, there's there's expansion going on. There are there are conferences that are moving and shaking again. It's the never-ending saga. This time, it is USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. What on earth? Geography, labels, titles, nothing matters anymore. And you have to think, and maybe there's already been reporting on this. Chief, I think you were you were reading something about this. That a move like this, it just screams streaming rights. Like somebody is trying to sell a Big Ten package to somebody else. And I gotta think Apple might be involved here. Uh, you got a couple of California teams splitting off to join one of the most valuable college football properties that didn't already have 16 teams. Yeah. It's it's being Chief, reported. Yeah. Uh, Sports okay. Business Journal, John Orand, uh, tweeted out today, Apple told the Big Ten it wants to re-engage in media talks after it heard about USC and UCLA joining the conference. Now, Ooh. I'm going to stay woke on this and say to a certain extent that maybe someone from Apple – may have told someone at the Big Ten and someone at UCLA and USC that we would be more interested as a company in acquiring your media rights if you had a national footprint that included the Los Angeles market. Um, yep. I don't know. That would that would imply that the media is the one actually controlling how college football works right now, and that would be <laughs> simply absurd to suggest that. <laughs> um, but but no, it's it, the the Big Ten now. It, the expansion here makes absolutely no sense from any historic or previously understood way college football has gone. Geographically, the the ten now refers to the number of hours it will take you to fly and travel from UCLA's <laughs> campus to Rutgers campus. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, this is this is Apple TV. The, the MLS, in a certain extent, was a was a sort of harbinger of what was going on because Apple is bidding huge on sports. Um, Mm -hmm. They're in on the Big Ten right now. Apparently they are waiting, and the inside word from a lot of these places you read is that they are the high bidder for the NFL Sunday ticket package that DirecTV has. And why this is interesting to me from an MLS point of view is that we read that dumb fucking article last week from Massive Report, and... One of the main criticisms of this MLS deal with Apple TV is, well, it will be hard for people to find this. It will be hard for people to see this deal. People will have to learn something new. Bars will have to learn something new. Well, you know what's going to make bars figure out how to use Apple TV real fucking quick? Is if Ohio State football is on it on Saturdays and the Bengals, the Browns, the Redskins, the R-Words, whatever the hell they're calling themselves now, (laughs) if... If all these games, these professional American football games are on Apple TV, every bar in America will learn how to turn an Apple TV subscription on the second Ohio State football is on it, or Penn State, or yep. the NFL. That's that's This is so unimaginably huge for MLS. Just if only the only outcome of all this is that, that people learn how to use Apple TV for sports, this is such a massive win for MLS's position that most people, when they looked at this deal, didn't factor MLS winning on, which is really cool. 
It's also yeah. very Apple, isn't it? And like a, a technology, sure, that exists, but just hasn't been applied at that scale. And then people go, I don't need this. I don't want this. And they go, yes, you do. And you'll figure it out. Here you go. It's Apple's yeah. motto, isn't it? This is fuck you. You'll buy it. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, you're, you're using it wrong. You're holding it wrong. You're holding was, it wrong. That was the classic <laughs> line, right? Like, <laughs> I don't think this cell phone is supposed to drop a call. Yeah, we'll hold it different, dipshit. Yeah, you're, you're, you're doing the iPhone wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, part of me does worry that MLS becomes a second-class citizen on the platform, but the other part of me thinks the cross-promotional, you know, avenues here are incredible for mls some sort of larger apple sports package that can include all of this seems possible if not likely in all of this um even if you just have an apple tv plus subscription it sounds like in what all of apple is doing here is they're offering avenues for just those five dollar a month subscribers to get some of all of this content we'll see how these other sports leagues break out. But, but see, the, I, the thing here, yeah. though, is that like being a second-class citizen on a streaming platform means exponentially less than it does to be a second-class citizen on a broadcast network. Because if mm-hmm. you're a second-class citizen on a broadcast network, if you're MLS and say you sign a deal with, with Sports TV, a brand-new cable network that is starting up, and they're telling you your games are going to be televised on Saturday night and on Wednesday night, and then all of a sudden, a week later, you see an article that says Sports TV is also negotiating with the Big Ten. If you're MLS, you call up and you're like, what the fuck? You told us our games are going to be on Saturday night. Are you really telling me that you're not going to televise Big Ten football on Saturday nights and we're still going to have scheduling priority? That would be a worry. But on a streaming right. platform, they can just show them at the same time. And it's yeah. it doesn't become a worry of like, oh, well, you're prioritizing the Big Ten on the time slots and the promotion, it's like, no. From Apple's point of view, they're agnostic as to which one of these two properties you watch. They just want your money. Right. They don't need right. They don't need you watching multiple nights. They don't need you watching multiple times. They just need you to be paying their subscription service so that they can sell the subscriber base numbers to the advertisers that will advertise on these games. No. Uh, it's a great point. You also think, too, with just two – California teams, I know they they do like their primetime things, but you have to wonder if how much that matters in a streaming world with everything being on demand. You could, in theory, squeeze the entire Big Ten season, you know, into a a noon to six o'clock or seven o'clock window if you did have some sort of dumb agreement with Apple not to not to put anything up against it with MLS, but um. But yeah, no, I think it's fascinating. I think it's super interesting from a Cincinnati perspective in terms of what's going to happen with the UC Bearcats and not to turn this into a not soccer podcast. Fuck it, like, let's go there. The, I, I, I said this on, on my dear friends, the, the Cincy Slangin podcast, and I'll, I'll make the pitch now. I don't see why college athletics wouldn't work to overthrow the NFL because I think you have a couple of things that the NFL doesn't have, which is one, a built-in, never-changing fan base that is loyal to you in ways that they can't be to sports. You you can be pissed off that your your team was relocated. You can be offended that they signed some guy or, or, or the team can suck, but you're still uh, – you still graduated college from that school. You still have those memories of that school. You have that built-in fan base. That's what European fans have 
with their teams, right? So, like, they have that built-in fan base that, like, even if the team is relegated, like, doesn't matter. They're still attached to this team forever and ever. Um, You have that. You have the boosters who are willing to fund this. All you need to do is spin off the, the football programs or basketball programs in this case, come up with some sort of licensing agreement to use the names and logos and go fully professional. NFL stops being relevant when you sign the Trevor Lawrences of the world to 10-year contracts. The NFL doesn't get new players now. You start signing these guys to NFL-level guaranteed contracts the the name image likeness deals have already opened up this door. You need 64 teams to be able to pull this off and you're already moving very quickly to four 16 team super conferences. Just fucking do it. Like, so how does it, this so is how, your opportunity? How does, this, how does this work then? Because the problem would be is that if you're going professional and competing with the NFL, I'm assuming that you're having people that would keep playing beyond the years right. that they're eligible for college. So then how do those players develop? Because eventually then there's always going to need to be a feeder. So what is it that like Ohio University is the four-year college program and Ohio State signs them to play professionally? Or it's just Ohio State is operating just a different professional program than the Cincinnati Bengals or whatever? I'm, well, I'm curious because you... I'm immediately fascinated by this idea. So you once you go fully professional, you can kind of create this your own way. So you could have the schools own an affiliated AAU equivalent team and essentially recreate the academy system that soccer has established. And so you can own your local talent from elementary school through college and Yes, maybe uh, your professional deal at the college level comes with, you know, free college classes. But that's not the priority anymore. <laughs> Go sign the well, dumbest it's, dudes. It's not, it's not the priority right now either. <laughs> right, right. But Again, now you don't have to pretend. Alert. They don't. They don't need to go to a class. Yes, they'll have also, the Stanford. They, they don't go logo. to classes. <laughs> right, right. But you just you drop the bullshit, and you can drop the the secret bag men, and just like bring it all out into the open, and pay these guys, and have them sign contracts. Because at that point, like the NFL has the New Orleans Saints. That's really nice. And now the New Orleans Saints have to compete with. Texas A&M, Alabama, and Auburn, and LSU in their market. They're losing. They're losing that battle. They're losing that battle every single time. The Tulane erasure here makes me sad. But. <laughs> if Tulane finds their way into a 64-team Super League, they I'm won't. all for it. They won't. <laughs> They're too busy getting drunk. Yes. But I, I don't see why, like... I don't know why Duke lets its best players go every four years when they could just become fully professional and just own what they are and just sign the best players. Like, I I would just blow it all open and just fully professionalize everything, detach them from the schools. Schools can still make money off of it because they're just going to license their their uh, their names and logos out. I know you were on a UC podcast earlier. The story that I'm following right now because. Mr. Das Harks has checked out of this conversation entirely. Um, <laughs> Don't blame him. <laughs> no. Um, if I were a UC fan, I would not be thrilled by what's going on right now because no. they were in a relatively looked like a stable situation entering into a Big 12 conference that was going to be good, not great, but closer to great than not great. Um, and now 
there's a incredible reality ahead for UC where the Big 12 gets active and poaches off Arizona State, Arizona, Stanford, a couple of those Big 12 remnants, and becomes the fourth major conference, and the Pac-12 just withers and dies. But there's also an equally likely outcome where the Pac-12 poaches a couple Big 12 schools, a, a Baylor, a Kansas, a um, a Texas Tech, or what what have you, and then the Big 12 turns into just basically the American that UC just left. <laughs> yes, yes. And they, they keep, and it would be like continuing what I find to be the greatest Charlie Bo- foot, uh, Brown football tragedy going in any sport in any level, and that is UC attempting to leave behind Conference USA, where they, yes. they leave them behind to go to the Big East, and then all of a sudden Tulane is back in the conference with them, and like the Big East basketball schools leave, and Cincinnati's stuck with Tulane, and then they go to the Big 12, and they think they're better, and then a bunch of schools leave the Big 12, and here's fucking Tulane and East Carolina and all these dipshit schools that you just left behind, and you just can't get away from these, these your asshole friends that keep following you around when you're trying to be cool. Oh, the most frustrating part is is if you go back and, and look uh, after the Missouri Valley Conference, I think UC was in that. They were in the Metro Conference. Yeah. The Metro Conference, in today's terms, sneaky good. Clemson, yeah. Virginia Florida Tech, State. Miami. Yeah, like there were some good teams in there. Um, it's just so frustrating that, like, yes, this pursuit of something more – uh, you wonder what could have been, and then, um, yeah, just never making it out of there. I do hope the Big 12 is aggressive here and goes after the Arizona schools, goes after the Oregon and uh, and Washington, leave the little buddies behind. Um, you bring back Colorado and Utah, and, and you try to make do with that. Yeah, listen, um, to these, listen to these schools that were in the Metro. It's incredible. It's UC, yes. Georgia Tech, Louisville, Memphis State that eventually became Memphis, St. Louis. Ah, there's Tulane again. They can't get away from those fuckers. That's right. My alma mater is following you around, and you can't get rid of us that easily. Florida State, Virginia Tech, Southern Miss, USC, South Carolina, um, UNC Charlotte, nobody cares. South Florida, nobody cares. Virginia Commonwealth, nobody cares. But, I mean, you mentioned you were at Florida State, Virginia Tech, the Gamecocks, Louisville, Georgia Tech. That's a hell of a conference. Yeah, yeah, it's – it's what the it's what the ACC should have been if they had just poached the entire Big East. But yeah. hey, we, yeah, we but almost got there. <laughs> all, all I've taken away from this con- this conversation is you can keep trying to erase Tulane University, but eventually the green wave comes for everyone. Well, it comes still, for the Bearcats. There's still what like sixth all time SEC titles with their one or something. Like uh, that. They, we have three SEC football three. titles, and that's yes. more than like. UK. That's more than um, South Carolina. Several, uh, South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, more than Vanderbilt. And all the new ones. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so good. Sorry, um, da- Das Harks. You can turn your mic back on. Yeah, Das Harks. Uh, Proof of life. What's... Life check. Wellness check. Now my uh, my my Garage Band recording reached the no. uh, its maximum length last time, but I I stopped that. I wasn't talking, and I started a new one. This will so be fun for Kevin to piece together. I can't wait. No. <laughs> no Thankfully, uh, I had very, very few contributions up to this point. No. Do you have any? Do you have any college football realignment takes and and how it impacts the MLS media rights deal? I, I got nothing. Uh, I have two degrees nope. from UC and have not gone to a single football game there. 
Not once in my life. Uh, I'm glad you haven't because you would also live <laughs> in forever. Uh, I don't know, just like forever be tormented by the fact that the Bailey was on the wrong side of Nippert. Oh my God, I I really am I really am tortured by that. Could you imagine a a a, a fucking curva on that end and how yeah. it would have sounded and how good of an experience FCC was at Nippert and if that was the supporter section what a fucking incredible mm. shit show it would have been there's built in capo stands and you could yes. just put all the drums at the bottom it wouldn't matter at that point you just have a drum pit it would be incredible <laughs> yeah it was it was it was right there pit drums <laughs> i know that so, we're, we've been light on soccer talk on the back half of this i should point out that apparently i know grayson if he were here he wanted to talk about latif blessing confirms yes. via instagram live that he has no intent on leaving or wanting to leave lafc clarifies his earlier post has everything to do with missing his family and wishing they were here with him uh, but is he his family a photo. kenny arena <laughs> yeah he posted a photo of kenny arena uh fcc assistant coach make the yeah, call kenny that's that's damage control <laughs> i don't believe a fucking word of that <laughs> retraction and kenny. i think he's yeah Re- recurring guest kenny arena please <laughs> make make the phone call to latif get him here <laughs> he's he's disgruntled. He can be had for a discount. We don't need a, a midfielder, though. I feel like we've got him covered, unless LAFC wants Kubo. And I just feel like that'll blow up in our faces, so I don't actually want yeah, that to Kubo happen. comes here <laughs> the one time we play a Western uh, <laughs> Conference team. He drops four on us. Refuses <laughs> to celebrate because he's got integrity, but right. yes. still. Stand-up guy, but doesn't change yeah. the beat. To, doesn't change that ass-whipping we're getting. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, I think well, that's going to be your postcast. It was mostly about soccer, I think. We'll see where the timestamps end up. Um, but, gentlemen, thanks for thanks for hanging out and doing this again tonight. This was a lot of fun. Hey, it's always my pleasure. Aw, as long Doss? Don't, just don't end the just don't end the show with Mister Brightside, and I'll be happy. I'm just disappointed that the chief said my pleasure because every time I go to Chick-fil-A, I have this Midwestern compulsion to say thank you and they are required to say my pleasure and it fucking freaks me out. And you'll even be driving away. Thank you. My pleasure. They'll fucking chase you with it. (laughs) They will not let you get away. You can actually say my pleasure to them first and it really kind of breaks their brains a little bit. Ooh. You should lead off with your pleasure. Your, your pleasure. Pl- my pleasure. Mm. <laughs> you catch him in a loop. <laughs> also very weird. You're not supposed to be taking pleasure. You're supposed to be giving food. Do not take pleasure from me in this. I don't, hey, like, I don't you, like it. If you don't Starting love your job, what are you doing it for? Yeah, like, money. What kind of pleasure? <laughs> what kind of pleasure is this giving you? And what, and what does money bring you? Pleasure. There we go. Fucking pleasure. groceries and lights. <laughs> Please end the podcast now. We've gone off the rails. (laughs) Goodbye.